This is Tim Staten with Tim Stating the Obvious. What is this podcast about? It's simple. You are entitled to great leadership everywhere you go, whether it's to church, whether it's to work, whether it's at your house, you are entitled to great leadership. And so in this podcast, we take leadership principles and theories and turn them into everyday, relatable, and usable advice. And a quick disclaimer, this show, process, or service by trademark, trademark manufacturer, otherwise does not necessarily constitute an implied endorsement of anyone that I employed by or favors them in representation. The views are expressed here in my show are my own expressed and do not necessarily state or reflect those of any employer. Hey, and welcome back to another episode. This week, we have a special guest. His name is Doug Strickle. He has 35 combined years in, in, in industry with Ernst & Young CPA firms and International Paper Company. Most recently, he retired from International Paper Company as a regional manager for South Central U.S. with 11 manufacturing operations with over 1,200 employees and $1 billion worth of annual sales. His current focus is his business, Strickle Leadership Development, LLC. His business provides speaking engagement services, leadership development, team building, and strategy discussion sessions to all types of organizations. His purpose is to add value to others to create better workplaces and better lives. You can find him on YouTube and LinkedIn where he posts regularly. And he most recently wrote a book and it's called People Are the Plan. A leadership approach to winning with people. And he'll be talking about that more later on in this episode. However, you can find the link to his book in the description down below. We're going to go ahead now and jump right into the conversation. You were saying um, the difference between being a manager, supervisor, and a leader, and where you draw the, the distinction. Uh, if you could just recap um, you know, what we had talked about uh, just a few minutes ago. Yeah, sure. You know, again, managers and supervisors, you know, have some, some level of authority just in the title or position they're given. And, and they have that the minute they assume that role. But a leader, however, is only a leader if people willingly choose to follow them. So, and, and leadership is not position or title dependent. It is follower dependent. And if we really think about the, the, the true function of managing and supervising is to get work done through others. And that's very important in every organization. However, leadership is about influence. And I love John Maxwell's very simple definition of leadership, it's influence. And again, that can happen at any level of the organization, any person on the team, and any person in, in the, the group dynamics can be a leader, again, if people willingly choose to follow them. So I think there's a clear distinction there. And I think leadership is often forgotten in organizations today because there's so much emphasis on managing and supervising well. And those are, and that's important, but we're missing a key aspect uh, in organizations, teams, uh, operations of all types if, if we don't pursue leadership beyond just management. No, that, that's a really, really great point where you talk about it's about influence where managers are talking about uh, getting the work done through others. So can you expand upon influence for a little bit? And, and what do you mean by when you talk about influence and in organization versus uh, lack of a better term, manipulating others to get work done? Sure. Yeah, so is that, 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 there's a fine line sometimes between manipulation and influence. But then that manipulation, that's really self-centered, self-focused, maybe organization-focused only. Whereas influence, is uh, you know, still desiring to achieve results, but it's really people-centered, people-focused, 
And there's a real motivating factor there of a genuine care and concern for the well-being of those that are placed in your charge. You know, Tim, if you think about, a lot of times we think of managers and supervisors of being in charge, whereas leaders are about taking care of those in your charge. And so the inner motivating factor there is to take people where they couldn't go on their own. That's leadership. And it, it's not about a self-serving, self-fulfilling, self-proclaiming type of personal advancement. It's more about investing in others, seeking the well-being of others, caring for those in your charge. And again, it doesn't mean we still don't deliver results. It still doesn't mean we don't win games or achieve objectives. But we do it from a different motivation. And it's such a motivating factor there that people see that in us. Because people, people want to be led, Tim. They don't want to be managed. They want to be led by a leader, not managed by a boss. And so when people see that inner motivation, I think they're willing to follow. They're willing to, again, go where the leader goes, and they're not having to be pushed along the way. So it's about inner motivation of the individual to go beyond just being the boss and being the leader, having the influence, having the impact, and investing. So, in so I love it when you talk about it. It's about the inner motivation. And it's about taking people uh, beyond where they would go on their own. And then uh, I, I agree with you. I think people definitely are looking to be led and not managed uh, in, in their day-to-day things when it comes to work. So here's my question. What would that look like? So it, in a perfect world, in a perfect office and setting or environment or whatever type of business it is, what does that look like to be led versus managed because i don't think some people may have that idea of what that looks like yeah and and again i I think it's very key today because we talk a lot about the staffing issues you know with millennials and gen z folks and how they're not really embracing the workplace today but you know they're looking for more than what we look for maybe when we started you know back in the 80s or at least i say when i did they're looking for more because it's it's not this this heavy-handed boss mentality you know, it's all what focus, here's what I need you to do, here's what I need you to do, just repetitively over and over. People today, and if we were honest, we want it too. We want to understand more than the what. It's not just what you need me to do and what I need to do and here's the task. It's about why it matters, why it makes a difference, why this it, it should matter to me. And, and when we step over and for being just that manager, supervisor, boss, telling people what to do, and start explaining why it matters, why it makes a difference, why it's important, then we're starting to be a leader and have influence, help people understand that, that their role in the organization on the team is more than just a, a, just a task to complete, but it's a purpose to fulfill. And it, 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 again, it's not just training for the benefit of the company, it's development for the benefit of the individual to in turn help the company. And so when management and supervising can be very uh, almost just task-centered, very transactional, whereas leadership is more transformational and is more all-encompassing. We're looking to change. We're looking to improve. Uh, it, it, it's not just getting the task done for the day and meeting today's objectives. It's about looking ahead. It's about anticipating issues it's about developing people it's about building a team culture and it's about soliciting input listening to others it's not about always talking but asking open-ended questions so we get input it's about building an environment where people feel like they're valued more just than what they do but they're valued for what they think 
for what they bring to the organization, and quite frankly, Tim, for who they are. It, it, it looks very different in the workplace. And if you've never experienced it, that's what you want, <laughs> obviously. But again, I think there's a clear line there that often uh, we, we, don't, we don't go far enough with the leadership aspect, and we just focus on the task of the day. We don't get beyond just managing and supervising. No, absolutely great points. And uh, you really hit the nail on the head when we talked about employee engagement recently. So I've been doing a lot of research about employee engagement and why there's been a significant drop off. And it really didn't happen during the pandemic. I mean, I think that's when a lot of this stuff came to light uh, during the pandemic when people were told to work from home and they got a lot of self-awareness of like, you know what, I am more than than, than this transactional figure that shows the work. And then you know, I'm paid based off of what I can produce. I'm, I'm, I have more intrinsic value than that. And I think, you know, there is, there is some value in the millennials and the Gen Z in the workplace. And they're like, you know, what, what is my why and what is my purpose? And so, so I guess my question is, is how do we get people out of the mindset of from being manager and into the leadership roles to lead people through the why and the purpose? So what would that look like in the workplace? Yeah, I think the organization first has to, you know, realize that we've got to start developing leadership skills in our supervisors and managers. It's not enough just to train them on how to manage the systems or how to direct the processes or how to fill out the forms or in just basic management, you know, day-to-day operations. We've got to start investing in leadership development skills. Uh, we've got to, you know, make it a priority. We've got to be able to uh, you know, highlight that and emphasize it, you know, throughout an organization as an ongoing key improvement, you know, you know the focus that will in turn drive results. And so often I, I, I see and work with organizations who spend a great deal of time on commercial strategy or operational excellence or tactical items in those areas. And, and at the end of the day or the end of the, the process, oh, by the way, what are we going to do with our people? And until we realize that people are the key to commercial execution and strategy, to operational excellence, and we tie those all in together, we're always going to leave the people piece off to the side, relegated to the human resource professionals as an add-on. And it's not an add-on. It is the foundational aspect for any organization, any team, any working environment that's trying to achieve an objective, it's going to, one, it's, it's going to take, you know, bridging those all together, realizing that the employee experience is a driving force to achieve anything we want to in an organization, developing leaders, making commitment to develop leaders, not just train managers. And it's going to then take some transparency on our part as people that are aspiring to be leaders to get in front of our people and be very open. This is what we want. This is what we're seeking as purpose. This is the why in the workplace. This is my motivation in leading you, not just managing this process or these people. So I think it's a step process there, but it's going to start with a commitment level from organizations that, quite frankly, very few have committed to today. Wow. That's pretty impressive that, you, you know, you talk about people you know many organizations that you you've dealing with don't have a people first mentality uh, and then it takes an organizational commitment to that to develop leader skills what are those soft skills uh, or those leader development skills that you would say hey look this is what organizations should start with at the basic foundation 
And if my leadership isn't showing this, what are things that I can do to adopt new leadership skills to better myself and my organization from where I'm at? Yeah, I think the first thing is just getting an understanding that managing slash supervising is different than leading. You know, and when I speak to groups, I'll spend the first hour just talking about the difference there and helping people realize that it's that it is a different aspect in the organization. And I'm not diminishing, and I want to be sure I emphasize this, Tim, the importance of managing and supervising, and that, that's still important, but it's not enough. It's not, it never has been enough. It's really not enough today. And it's really, the, the first step there is understanding there is a difference. And if, if, if everyone in an organization would just make a commitment to not just tell people what they needed them to do, but start explaining why it matters, why it makes a difference, why it's important, that, that, that's a huge change in an organization right there. Because when we step over from what to why, we're starting to have influence because we want the behavior repeated for a reason, not just because someone told you so. We want that behavior repeated when there's nobody around watching. That's what we want. So that, that's kind of step one. And, and step two, Tim, I think it's important to start teaching our managers and supervisors how to have credibility as a leader because people will only follow those they see with credibility. And there's, there's you know, I always talk about a seven-step process of building credibility. I think that is key and essential as a foundational aspect of leadership, almost like a depiction of a, of a home being built. That foundation is laid first, and it's so important, And but a lot of times you forget about it after the house starts going up. It's the same way with, with credibility and leadership. It is the foundation. Without it, everything else will crumble. You've got to have it. It takes a while to get it, and it can be lost in a second. But I think credibility is key. And another one I'll mention, Tim, beyond credibility is communication skills. And it's not about being a public speaker. It's not about being able to stand in front of thousands of people and give some hour-long speech. It's about being able to effectively transfer information to your work team, to your group, to your organization, whatever level of leadership you're looking to, you know, to have there, but being able to effectively communicate uh, with that team. And, again, I go through you know, it's kind of seven keys to effective communication skills there. And I think those are kind of three just key pillars, understanding the difference between managing versus leading, building credibility, and then improving your communication. If we did those three things well, I think our organizations, our teams, but all operate at a different level, and we'd see a lot stronger and a lot broader influence from leadership. Those are some really, really great points, especially we talk about credibility and communication skills. And I'm glad that you have a, a seven-step process on how to establish credibility. also agree with you too. Some people do forget about their credibility when, uh, you know, they've been say leading for 15 to 20 years and then they're like, no, I'm, I've already established myself. Well, maybe, maybe we need to go back to the basics of the foundation and, and strengthen that foundation uh, to get better. So let's talk about authority from, from title or position versus, um, you know, having people follow you. So let's say, Let's say I'm new. Let's say I'm a, I'm a new, recently graduated from college, young professional. I'm going into the workforce. I don't have any credibility yet. I'm going to work on that. And I've been given this title as a manager. How do I take that and turn it into a leadership role? Sure. I think the first thing is that they obviously, you know, to start building credibility, you have to start building confidence. And one of the best ways within a team to start building your confidence, to build your credibility, it's just, just hey, be very honest with folks. Start asking lots of questions, you know, to learn the process, to learn the job, 
and even asking questions of those you're responsible in managing or directing or supervising, however you want to look at it here. And because people love to talk about what they know and what they do every day. And Tim, I've been assigned to, to, to different roles and tasks over the years and, and gone into them completely blind, almost like a college graduate coming into a new job. And oftentimes I would bypass a lot of layers of the organization and go right to where the work was being done on the front line and just start asking people, you know, tell me what's going on, how this works, how do you do that, what's important here? And when you do that, you learn a lot. And you and, and people, again, they love talking about what they do, but you're also building relationships that, hey, this person who's now somewhat in charge of my operation and to some degree in charge of, of, of my work here, cared enough to come down here and come out here or, you know, and ask me, you know, how things worked and what my thoughts were. So I think you've taken a huge step in building relationships and learning the process and building credibility and engaging people at a level that oftentimes gets forgotten. And so I would encourage anyone new to any role, whether just right out of school or even promoting to a new job or getting an assignment that they have no idea how the operation works. I've been in those situations before. Go to the front line, engage at that level, ask a lot of questions, get some input, build relationships, be transparent, share your inner motive. Hey, this is what I'm looking to achieve and do here. And it always includes looking out for the best interest of the people. And they need to see it's not a self-serving, not someone just passing through here on their way to advance to the next level, but they're truly interested in the people that they're going to be leading. You just recently hit on something that, that I think is incredibly important, not working on for the next level, that you are people first and people oriented. But I would also say that it's it's okay to have a, a drive and a motivation to advance your career. So how do you balance the two or what would your advice be on how do I balance the two between being ambitious and want to better my career and be better at, at what it is that I'm doing, but also making sure that I put people first and never lose sight of that. Yeah. I, again, it, I think it gets back to that motivation. If people are really first and, I'm, and that's my focus in leading and I want to perform well because I want them to have secure jobs. I want them to have safe jobs and I want, you know, we want to deliver results. And I think when we do this the right way with the right motivation, engaging people, organizations are going to see the results. They're going to see the retention rate of the people. They're going to see the engagement rate, and they're going to want to advance people, you know, that they're leading those efforts. And you should want that as a leader, too, because advancement means I have the opportunity or you have the opportunity to influence more people, to care for more people, to have a positive impact on a broader group at a higher level and more people involved. And so, again, it comes back to it's not about just climbing a corporate ladder. It's not about just seeking another title. It's about having a broader scope of influence to impact more people, maybe have more impact on company policy that would, again, benefit people. And, and again, it's inner motivation, and it's fine to be ambitious. It's fine to, to want to seek further advancement. But, again, the motivating factor is not personal achievement as much as it's expanding my influence opportunity. No, that, that's great. I like how you talk about expanding influence opportunity, which kind of leads me to a, another another topic here is when we talk about how, you know, managers, right, they deal with the day-to-day problems, but we have leaders who are are forward thinking, uh, who anticipate challenges. So how does that all tie in together uh, with the the expanding the influence? 
Yeah, if you, you think about just getting back to original comments there, you know, managers and supervisors oftentimes, you know, caught up in the day-to-day, -day, getting the objective done for the day, and within any organization, any team, any group environment, they're going to run into roadblocks, there's going to be problems, there's going to be struggles. And managers and supervisors will oftentimes see these as obstacles to getting results, whereas a leader will see that as an opportunity, not just an obstacle, but an opportunity. An opportunity to not only solve the problem, but to have influence, to have impact, to do something more than just answer the question, resolve the issue, but to leave a lasting influence or impact with the team so that they're better prepared for the future. Because, again, managers and supervisors are oftentimes caught up in the day-to-day, -day, but leaders have the discipline to step back on a regular basis and look ahead. And leaders oftentimes, they can see things before others see them anticipating future potential problems because they're not just focused on the daily grind and all oh, that's important from time to time but they're anticipating issues because they're again they're looking ahead at the long-term success of the organization not just today's results and so they're taking into account what are the potential issues that could affect the organization with maybe a commercial issue an operational issue and maybe even an employee uh, type issue but they're looking ahead in advance to clear the path so that people can continue to follow them in a successful way. Because a leader is looking for sustainable, long-term success, not just daily results. And again, daily results are important, but that's really not what businesses are, in, are, are, you know, are organized for. They're looking for sustainable success over the long term, not just today's results. And that's what leaders are focused on. Uh, absolutely. And and I love the fact that you said opportunity, not problems, because uh, one thing that I do personally implement is I tell people you don't have problems. You have you have opportunities. So if you come to me and you say, hey, there, there's there's this problem, I'll probably say, uh, what is it again? And you're like, no, it's an opportunity. OK, well, what do we need to do with this opportunity? So I love that you brought that up because it's a huge mindset shift that people need to have between whether it's a problem or an opportunity for sustained long-term you know, success, like you mentioned. So let's talk about a little bit about culture, because I think this kind of ties into organizational culture. If we want to create more leaders in the workplace and, and kind of diminish the managerial aspect a little bit, it's important, but let's diminish it a little bit to put the people first. Uh, what do we need to do with the culture of our organizations first? I know you talked about it a little bit earlier, but I want to circle back to that. Yeah, I, I think it's key if we come back to, the, and Tim, you even mentioned earlier, this, this whole idea of purpose. You know, back in the 1980s, vision statements and mission statements were really brought out, and everybody worked on and spent time on how to word a mission and vision statements. And we kind of roll forward to the day, and, and quite frankly, very few in the organization know what the company or the organization's vision or mission is. It's something that resides on the boardroom wall or maybe on the website, but nobody knows what it is. I think a better view today is to understand purpose. I mean, understand, and you know, purpose should reside in the hearts and minds of the people in the organization. Here's our motivation. Here's why we're here. You know, I've read, you know, Simon Sink talked about, and you know, he's gone to many organizations, and everybody knows what they do, but very few know why they do it. I've, I've experienced the same thing. Everybody can tell you what they do as an organization, but very few can tell you why they do it. People want to align with a purpose. They want something more than a task to complete. And I think that's foundational for culture is that they want to have a purpose. And to me, think about, you know, we all grew up playing on teams or, or working in group projects in school, and people want to connect in the workplace. They want to be part of a team. 
And everybody, you know, flippantly uses the word team today, but very few are really a team because a, a really a team is, is a group of people united by a common purpose. So I think that it starts with purpose. Then we can start building a team and uniting around that. And I think those are kind of foundational for, for culture. And I think when you go beyond that, it gets back to, you know, communicating at a high level, developing leaders, uh, you know, emphasizing essential things repetitively over time. Because we talk about culture, and we're really talking about, you know, the collective beliefs and actions of a group of people. And so we're trying to unite like-minded people with a common purpose, to, you know, to unite in a team. And we have to communicate at a high level with great informing, you know, effective ways to do that. Developing our leaders, not just managers. And quite frankly, then what we talk about most matters most. And and that's that's important. We're starting to shape a culture because we're really trying to do here with this whole idea of culture is we're trying to create an identity for our organization. And you know, just as individuals, we need a clear identity. I believe every facility, every organization, every team needs an identity. What they're known for, what others think of them, what are their core convictions that they all unite around. We need to be clear on that. And, and again, very few do that well today. And I think that's a key aspect that's missing in many organizations. That's a great insight about our identity. And then also, you, you mentioned something, what we talk about the most matters the most, or at least that's the, that's the perception. So what have you found, just generically speaking, is it people are talking about people more, or are they talking about the operational aspects of the business most? Yeah, I think what we I, I think a lot of times organizations, you know, give a little bit of almost lip service, you know, to the, the employee experience or to the value of people, but which we repeatedly come back to is that you know the need for more volume, the need for more sales, the need for lower costs, and uh, that's what gets driven home. Because when we say we talk about most matters most, it's all it, it's not just the verbal communication; it's what we see. It's what it's what it's what the meetings focus on. It's what the charts reflect. It's what the organization tends to emphasize the most. But what particularly comes out in crisis situations and upset conditions, you know, the values or convictions rise to the top. And that's what people remember. They, they see what we're talking about more than anything else, how we start our meetings. They start to see what's emphasized in upset conditions or crisis situations. And if we want to value people and create a better employee experience and really be leaders and not managers or not settle for just managing, those issues have to rise to the surface. They have to take precedent. That people have to not only hear us talk about it occasionally, but they have to see it repetitively in place. They have to visually see it. They have to experience it. But particularly when times are rough, when there's upset conditions, they need to see those we're still valuing people above results and valuing people to deliver results. So this is not about not performing well. This is not about, you know, delivering substandard results. This is about seeing people as a valuable piece of the engine that drives those results. Right. And, and our actions must match our words. Otherwise, people will also th- see through that. I fully agree with you on that one. So we've talked a lot about people. And I know you wrote a book called People Are the Plan. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I did. You know, I, uh, People Are the Plan, sometimes a leadership approach to winning with people is really just kind of a culmination of 35 years in business of my key learning 
Uh, some were successful, some were not, but I pull it together. And really, Tim, what it's about is taking our workplace culture from one from a renter mentality. And I think a lot of our places today are, have a renter mentality. This is not about renting out in, in, in a home. Right? This is about a renter mentality in the workplace where it says, I'm just here until something else better comes along. I'm really not responsible for anything here. I'm just here to do a task. And if something's not right, well, hey, it's not right. I just step back and let somebody else come handle it because it's not my responsibility. That's a renter mentality. And our workplaces are full of renter mentality cultures. And so the book is a, just a step-by-step process of not only developing leadership skills, but a process of transforming your workplace from a renter mentality to an ownership culture where our people are not only engaged, but they're empowered and they feel like they're owners of the organization. They're no longer renters. They're well-informed. They're well-equipped. They're part of not just the problem, but they're part of providing solutions. It's taking engagement to a whole different level. And it's just really the culmination of some work I've done for years and the steps we took. And it's a process in various organizations I was with, various facilities that transformed that culture again, from that renter view to an ownership culture. And that's why I was just so excited to write it. And it's been on the market now, I guess, for almost six months. It's still relatively new. And it's it's ideal for team development, developing frontline leaders, mid-level managers, and, you know, those type folks. It's also ideal for just some strategic thinking at a higher level of the organization and maybe putting more emphasis on the valuing of people and how to change that culture that to both uh you know attract people and to retain people to engage people but all that to deliver better and more consistent sustainable results yeah no, i i know i just put you on the spot there to talk about your book i know we didn't we didn't agree to talk about that earlier i just wanted to get that out there because when it comes to leadership and versus management right so if we don't have this people first mentality we don't have a plan to help engage people with their purpose and their why or why we even exist as a as a culture or as an organization then we're not going to get past changing the cultures of organizations from being strictly manage, managerial and focusing on the tasks through actually leading people cuz i fully agree with you i think people are looking to be led they want to be led they want to to feel that connection and i know whereas you and i we talked about this earlier where we grew up on teams and we played sports, I'm not quite so sure that's very prevalent in the Gen Z culture. Their their teams are look a little bit different, right? They may be into esports more uh, versus actually physical sports. And those teams look a little bit different. So how we interact in the workplace, uh, people are actually looking for that human connection, that human domain where we have to operate. And as leaders, we need to we need to dominate that and empower people and lead people through success. So I really think uh, based off of you know what we talked about earlier and in our previous conversations, you have a great mindset and a thirst and knowledge for people. And I think that's amazing and awesome. And I, and I hope you continue to do well with that because Without that people first mentality, people are going to stop really wanting to work and the you know the workplace engagement isn't going to be as high as it was before. Uh, so is there anything else on this topic that you just want to talk about that we haven't really hit? No, I, one, I appreciate what you do, Tim, just to emphasize the importance of leadership. And I think we come back and share that word connect. You know, I, you know people want to connect. They want to connect with others. They want to connect with purpose. They want to connect with the workplace that provides more than just task-centered, you know, task-to-complete type mentality. 
And as much as we can do to get that message out there, to develop people with leadership skills, to start changing a culture that will help people connect, we can create better workplaces, better work environments. And Tim, I really believe those who embrace that are going to have a competitive advantage going forward in their respective, you know, environments and, and segments that they work in or teams that they, they coach or compete in or what have you. They're going to have a competitive advantage because that's what people are going to be attracted to. Because, again, as we said, they want to connect, and we need to help them connect. And so, so I just you know, leave with that and tell you how much I appreciate being on your podcast today and appreciate you inviting me and just uh, just the time we've had to talk. It's been incredible, and I just so much appreciate this opportunity. I appreciate you agreeing to do it and, and talk about it. Thank you for, for stopping on the show. As always, I want to thank you for stopping by and listening to this episode, and I really hope you enjoyed it. Before we go, I'd like to ask a favor of you if I could. If you could please share this episode with one or two people who you think might like this topic. If you haven't followed or subscribed to whatever platform you're listening to this episode on, please do that by hitting uh, the little subscribe button and that alert icon so you know when we post another episode. If you got some value out of this episode, please leave a review or comment so we can help spread the show with other people who might be interested in this topic, but just haven't found the show yet. Again, thank you for stopping by. I'm Tim Staten, stating the obvious.